We're in the second week of our Advent season. Advent quite simply means arrival. We're talking about the arrival of Jesus and what does the arrival of Jesus mean to me? And traditionally it's carried out in four candles that are hope, love, joy, and peace. We covered hope last week. This week, we're covering love, and then next week, joy, and on Christmas Eve, Sunday morning, 9, 30, and 11, we'll cover peace. So let's dive in and, and build, really, we're going to be in the book of 1 John, and we're not going to be in another book. There's over 30 references to love. If you were looking for, like, a book that gives the foundational theology of love in Scripture, it's the book of 1 John. I told the first worship experience, you can't read this book and not walk away with a clear theology of love. Like, it is right in front of our face, crystal clear. My job in prayer is to give that to you, so let me start with our introduction. 1 John 4, 9 through 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. That is Advent. That is arrival. How did God show his love for us? Jesus arrived. Jesus was given sacrificially to us. How do we know what love is? Love is found in a person, and his name is Jesus. Let's keep going. Verse 10. This is real love, in case you've been asking, in case you've been wondering. What, what is real love? What does real love look like? This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. What is real love? Real love is not based on your ability to love. That's really, really, really important. Real love is not based on your ability to love. Real love is based on the one who loved you first. God loves us, therefore, here's the theology of love. Are you ready? This is really, really simple, really, really clear. The theology of love is this. We receive love, we become love, and then we express that love. Okay? Let me walk you through that again. We receive love, we become that love, and then we express that love. That sounds pretty gospel-centric, right? What do we believe about Jesus? What do we believe about our faith? That we receive Jesus by way of receiving Jesus. It transforms the person that I am. It be I become a new person. And because I've become that new person, I live that out in the expression of my life. What is the theology of love? We receive love, we become love, and we express the love that we have received. It is a cycle, and we have to understand this cycle because if the cycle is wrong, our love is broken. And if our love is broken, it comes out in our expression. Let me give you one illustration. Um, so Joe and Phil McGraw 
uh, known as Dr. Phil, started out their entire counseling practice here in Texas doing seminars. They did personal effectiveness seminars, personal growth seminars. It was actually started by their dad, and then they took it over. And a man who worked for them uh, was named Wayne, Wayne McCamey. And so long story short, Dr. Phil gets an opportunity to meet with Oprah. When he meets with Oprah, he used the exact same tactics that he used in his seminars to help Oprah find a personal breakthrough. And when she did, she fell in love with him, put him on TV. The rest is history. But if you watch the show, much of his counseling tactics have to do with his personal effectiveness seminars, which were brought to Kansas City by a guy who worked with him who became a close friend of mine. So I started working as a teaching assistant for these personal effectiveness seminars. They revolve around um, becoming the best version of yourself, breaking through your comfort zone, healing past wounds, healing childhood wounds, right? Um, It's a secular-based seminar, but uh, Wayne was a person of faith, and there's just some really great therapeutic learning in there and everything else. So I'm I'm working for this, and as I'm there, uh, there was this man who was there And it was in one of the seminars, like 25 to 30 people in the room. Wayne's the teacher. We're all teaching assistants off to the side. And there's this giant guy. He's a great big guy. He was a linebacker for the Packers. Just, I mean, bigger than everybody, built bigger than everybody, bolder voice than everybody. And his whole thing was if you you pushed on him at all, if you challenged him at all, if you began to call him out at all, he would get angry, he would get loud, and he would get intimidating, and he would get dominating, right? Nobody talked back to him. Nobody challenged him. You think you're going to come at me? I'll come at you more, right? Like just this big, bold, angry, frustrated, bitter dude. Well, Wayne is this really small, fragile, older man, (laughs) but he's not afraid to push buttons, at all. Like that was Wayne's magic. He was an incredible therapist. And he, w- he was standing there and it came time to heal past wounds. It came time to break through the bottom layer of the comfort zone, which is the place that we go to to avoid anything that may bring up a pain or a hurt in our life, right? So Wayne is pushing this guy's buttons and you can tell he's just getting mad. And we're backing away and we're like, you know, Wayne's pretty old and uh, you know, he, he could get himself into some trouble here. This guy hits Wayne I'm not doing anything. You know, like, we'll just see what happens, right? And so Wayne's pushing against him, pushing back and pushing back and pushing back. And finally, the guy explodes, just erupts, screaming, yelling, cussing at Wayne. He's puffing his chest out. He's got his fists clenched. He's bigger. He's dominant. He's over him. He's coming down on him, just raining down on him. All of this heart. You talk to, try me one more time. You think you can push back on me? You're, you ain't going to say, just going off on him, right? And Wayne's just standing there. Wayne's just, we're all like, oh, Wayne's dead. Wayne's a dead man. Right? And, and Wayne's just standing there. And when the guy finishes, and he's standing there like he just, like, I just won that one. Test me. One more time. Wayne looks him right in the eyes. And Wayne says to him, is that how you talk to your wife when she makes you mad? He said, is that how you discipline your children when they upset you? Is this the man that your kids see in the house? And he says, say my wife's name one more time. Talk about my children one more time. That comes out of your mouth one more time. I'm taking your head off. And Wayne says to him, no, 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 it's not your fault. It's not your fault at all. No, 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 you're, you're, you're totally good. It's, it's your dad's fault. It's, it's your dad's fault. We'll blame your dad for it. 
And Wayne said, all all I see is a seven-year-old boy trapped in a grown man's body, lashing out in the only way he's ever known love. And he has no idea what to do. And when he gets scared, when he gets upset, when he gets hurt, he becomes this wounded seven-year-old boy that experienced love that way. And that's everyone else's consequence, is your version of love. And I'm telling you, this mountain, this mountain of a man, tears begin to roll down his face. His, his chest out became this slouched man, and these tears began to fall. And then he reaches out, and he hugs, he starts hugging Wayne. And as he's hugging Wayne, he's crying down Wayne's shoulder, and Wayne's patting him on the back, and he's whispering in Wayne's ear, and we can hear him saying it, how do I stop it? How do I stop this? How do I overcome this? So afterwards, we took a break, and we were all looking at Wayne, and we were like, dude, you are nuts, right? Like, you're crazy. And we asked him, we said, how did you know about his dad? And Wayne said, I didn't know anything about his dad. And we were like, well, then how did you bring it up? And Wayne said, because it's the same cycle I've seen in the 200 men that have come through here before him. He said, it's the same cycle over and over and over. It is the love they received that they have now become, and it is showing up in their expression. What is love? When we talk about love and we talk about forming a theology of love, love is a cycle, and that cycle works like this. You receive Love and the love that you have received is the love that you become. And the love that you become is the love that you express, especially to those that you love the most and that love you the most. So if that love is broken, if the love that you have received is a painful, harsh, angry, talk down to you, scream and yell at you, not let you get a word in, dominant love, if that's the only love that you have received, that is the love you become. And if that is the love that you become, then that is the love that you begin to express. If the love that you received is based on performance, maybe your parents only let that you know they loved you, not by affection, not by words, but by paying your bills. I paid for your car, I paid your insurance, I paid your cell phone, I paid your sports fees, I paid for your housing, I paid for your apartment, I paid for your tuition, there's your love. If that's the love that you have received, then that is the love that you become. And if that is the love that you become, that is the love that you eventually express, is a love based on performance. A love based on condition and a love based on achievement. This is the cycle of love, right? And the only way, this is why you as a parent, when you realize you you have received a love as a child, you have become that love, and now you say to yourself, I'll never grow up to parent the way my parents parented me. I will never do the things to my children that my parents did to me. And guess what? You never fixed the source. You never fixed, healed, or redeemed the love that you had received. So that's the love that you had become. And the worst version of you expressed on your children is them. 
Why? Because it's all that you know. Because it's what you've received. And it's by nature of what you've received, what you have become. And it's what you have become, which is now the only thing you know how to express. How do we fix it? we got to break the cycle. You have to change the source. We receive. What did John say? We are loved because he first loved us. We fix the source of our love. We fix the source of where it comes from. Watch this. If I receive a love that sacrificially died for me to redeem me, to transform me, I receive that love and then I become a different person in spite of what I used to be or how I was raised or what I know. You want to drive me nuts? You want to really send me over the edge? You've heard me say this before. Say to me, it's just the way I've always been just the way I am. My daddy was that way. My grandpa was that way. So that's what I've become. It's just what, you know what, the God who created you, the God who saved you, and the God who has redeemed you is also a God who can change you. It's a God who can change you. You may be the way you've always been, but you don't always have to be that way. You may be the way you've always been, but you don't have to be that way. What changes us? I receive a new kind of love. I receive a sacrificial, redemptive, transformative love that loved me before I knew what love was. And in that love, it has rescued my heart and it's taken this hard-hearted son of a Baptist and it's turned me into a soft, loving, gentle, calm, kind, caring person. And by way of that love, in spite of what I know, it's made me a different person that I now express in my relationships, I now express in my marriage, I now express with my friends, I now express with my church family, I now express with culture, and the, the litmus test to catch whether or not I'm slipping away from the right kind of love is the way I am expressing love to those I love the most. You want a love test? Ask the people you love the most how they experience your love. They'll tell you. How often do I ask you, boy? I say, hey, am I, am I a good dad? Am I a good dad? Am I loving you well? Are you pleased with me? It's not always you better please me, but it's like, are you pleased with me, man? Am I, do you see Jesus in me? Do you see Tim? Heaven forbid you see Tim. And I know you have, and I'm sorry for that, and I love you, and you know that, and everything else. But that's the litmus test, right? Is what is the love that people are experiencing around me? That tells me where I'm receiving my love or the love that I'm receiving and the identity that I'm walking in because of that love. Okay, way off the rails now. Preached half the message in the intro, but here we go. Receive love, become love, express love. We got it? Receive love, become love, express love. We'll walk through this, and like I said, you cannot get away from this in the book of 1 John. You want a foundation for theology of love, read the book of John. You will not escape this. That's all I'm doing is plagiarizing scripture. It's just going to be copied right here. Here we go. How do we receive love? 1 John 3, 16 through 17. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. What is real love? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. When I'm searching for real love, I know what real love is based on the one who loved me first. 
1 John 4, 7 through 10. Guys, I'll just, I'm going to skip through a couple. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. You don't create love, you receive love. There's a huge difference. If you are trying to create something, you're competing with the world's version of love. You receive love that has come from God. The unlimited, unconditional love that has come from God is what fuels your love. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us, we just read this, by sending his son, his one and only son, into the world so that we might have eternal life. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live, and all who, who live in love live in God and God lives in them. 1 John 4, 19, we love each other because he first loved us. Us, you have to understand the source of your love. You have to understand the source of your love. Love does not come from the person who gives you a rose on a dating show. Love does not come from conversations in a pod where you don't see the other person and you propose to them based on what you shared with each other. Love does not come from the experts who pair you up with someone that you marry sight unseen. And love certainly doesn't come from an island where all you do is get hammered and hook up with people. That's not where love comes from, right? That's not the, but if you watch, hear me, if you watch that and you watch it enough and you become enamored with it enough, and then you begin to long for it enough, and you wish that you had the opportunity to be one of the 30, and then one of the 15, and then one of the five, and then one of the two, and then, and then one, of, and, and that becomes what the love that you're receiving. If that's the love you're receiving, then that's the love that you become, and then all of a sudden, you develop this worldly nature of love that revolves around sex, around affection, or around another person. That's not love. Love is receiving from the one who first loved us. That is the only love that is going to satisfy your soul. That is the only love that is going to meet every need and longing of your heart. We don't create it, we receive it. And you can only give what you have received when it comes to love. Hear me, you can only give what you have received when it comes to love. My son, he, um, he, he watches these YouTube channels, Mr. Beast and Unspeakable and, and all these guys who, look, it's, it's cool and it's fun until that fantasy becomes my reality, right? Because Mr. Beast can give away 10 grand an episode. He does it all the time. Like, who wants a Lambo? Who wants a house? Hey, let's give strangers 10 grand and see how they react, right? Yeah, super cool, super fun, until my son thinks it's real and he starts offering people $10,000, right? You know, so the other day, he's in the, the street and he and Lucas are playing and he's like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you can ramp the, the scooter over that ramp. And so here comes Lucas and he hits the ramp and he flies over and Kanan comes in the garage and he's like, Dad, I need 20 bucks. 
And I'm like, dude, well, you, I mean, you ain't going nowhere. You don't have cars, There's groceries in the pantry. I, I've become my dad, right? Talking about becoming, like my dad would say the same thing. You don't buy food, you kill food. We'll go find food ourselves, right? Like, you ain't doing that. I'm like, yeah, you don't need 20 bucks. And I was like, what do you need 20 bucks for? And he says, well, I, I got to pay Lucas. I told Lucas I'd give him 20 bucks if he ramped the scooter over the ramp. I said, you go tell Lucas you're broke, bro, because you cannot give away what you don't have. Same is true with love. You cannot give away what you don't have. If you have not received a biblical, sacrificial, redemptive love, you can't give your spouse a biblical, sacrificial, redemptive love. If I'm, and thank God I'm not, she's in the nursing mom's room now, so she can see this in the cloud somewhere. Darling, I married up when I married you. Please, come on, help me, help me, help me, help me. Yeah. If I had to, and thank God I don't, find a spouse or something of that nature, like if I was in that dating scene, like, um, the, here's the first thing, and I'm sorry, single and ready to mingle, I get it, it's not that bad, you're going to find your future, you know, forever person, great. Um, here's the question I would ask, what's the source of your love? Oh, talk about dig deep on the first date, Right? You've come, and you ain't playing around. You sit down, dinner, like, hey, what sports do you like? I don't know. What's the source of your love? <laughs> Tell me where you receive love from. If it's anything other than Jesus, I'm out. Why? Because that's the greatest indication of what you will receive in your marriage. It's the greatest indication of what you will receive in your marriage is the source of the love that they are. And if they look at you, and they're like, oh, I don't know, but I really like the Texans. No, sir, I'm out, right? It's not for you. Listen, run as far as you can. Why? Because if they don't know what they're receiving, they don't know what they're giving. And if they don't know what they're giving, you're on the consequential end of that. You're going to get it, whatever it may be. We have to know where we receive love from because that is the place you will run to in brokenness. It's the place you'll run to in pain. It's the place you'll run to in hurt. And if it's worldly and if it's, if it's just superficial and it is lustful and it is physical, then the times where you're searching for love, you're not running to Jesus, you're running to somebody else. You're running to something else. You're running to a new website. We have to know where we receive the love that rescues our soul, the love that transforms us, the love that helps us become a new person. That's the second step with love. We become love. So the source of love that you receive will determine the person of love that you become. 1 John 2.5. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Let me read that again and let that sink in for you really quickly. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That's how we know we are living in him. In other words, the display of your love and the love that you are becoming will be revealed in your obedience to God's word. So if you don't have a devotional life, you don't have a love life. If you don't have a devotional life, how can you even imagine to have a love life? If this is the source of my love, 
the love that fills my soul, that transforms my heart, that helps me become a person of love, and I don't spend any time in it. I don't spend any time with it. There is a broken cycle of love that I'm walking in. I may have received it, but I'm not becoming it. And because I'm not becoming it, I'm living in the tension of a love that has saved me, but a love that hasn't changed me. And because it hasn't changed me, it's still coming up in my expression in the people and my relationships that I love the most. So he says, this is how we know we're, we're, we, this is how we know we're living in him. 1 John 2, 15 through 16. Do not love this world nor the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. The world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. So if the craving for physical pleasure is your source of love, you're chasing a false love. By way of lust, by way of new partners, by whatever that may be, if it's physical pleasure that drives the love that you're receiving, you're receiving a false love. What, is, what else? A craving for everything we see. More, 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 bye, bye, bye. I want, I want, I want. And a pride in our achievements and possessions. If the source of your love is pride in what you have and other people thinking you're extremely successful, that is a false love. That's a false love that can't satisfy your soul. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. 1 John 3, 14 through 15. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. What is the proof that I have become a new person? My love. What is the proof that I have become a totally new person? The way I love people. Judge me by the way I love people. Judge me by the way I love my wife, I love my kids, I love our church family, I love the community. That's what's going to tell you if I've become a new person. 1 John 4, 12 says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. I love another translation says, to perfect expression in us in us. What is the perfect expression of God's love if it's coming out of me? If it's transformed me and I'm living it out. 1 John 4, 17. And we live in God and our love grows more perfect. How do we experience perfect love? We receive it, we become it, and then we give it away. 1 John 4, 18. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is not for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. The other night, Cain and I, man, that's two. That's more ice cream for you, buddy. More ice, we have a deal. Every time I mention him in a sermon, it's ice cream. So we might as well go to Sam's and get a gallon at this point. You're, you're rolling today. It's a good day for you. It's a good day for you. He and I were hanging out the other night, and he was, he was having this back and forth with Anna, which is really cute. Like she was chirping at him, and he was provoking her, and she's, you know, messing with him back and forth. And then he all of a sudden pulls out a phone, and he's, I forget even what you said. You did something. You said something. And, and she was like, what did you? And right when she turned, he snapped a picture of her. And she was like, oh, I mean, it was one of those pictures, you know, where she's like, like, 
And she's like, no, you didn't. And he was like taking off and he's running with the camera. And she's chasing him and she's like, give me the phone now. Give me the phone. He's like, no, 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 I got this picture. You know? And so he gets the picture and we leave. We go to buy Braxton a bike. And, and when we're headed to the store, <clears throat> I look down at him and he's on the phone. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm texting mom that picture. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's a savage move, right? But honestly, what made me so proud was that's exactly what I've done in the past. <laughs> like exactly to a T. Anna is mad at me. She's frustrated. I'll say something to provoke her. And right when she turns, I'll take the picture. And then 10 minutes later, I'll text it to her and be like, hey, remember when you were mad at me? And she's like this in the picture. <laughs> you know, and Kanan's like, Dad, if I send it to you, will you put it on Instagram? And I mean, it's just, it's us. We're the same person, right? Like, and, and, and so, I, and, and I've had, many of you have said that, and that's one of the things, pride and joy of a dad, right? To have a, have a son growing up that wants to be like you, at least for now. I'll be cool, I'll be uncool someday, very, very soon, right? But like, I, I hear that, and I hear, oh, he is a little version of you, or he is your shadow, right? He comes with me everywhere I go. And, and so when I hear those things, the thing that begins to hit my heart is, is, is the you that he's experiencing. Is he experiencing Jesus' love with you, or is he experiencing Tim's love? Is he experiencing a love that has transformed you, or is he experiencing the love that raised you? And it's a tension, and there are times where I'm going to him and I'm apologizing because the love that he's experiencing from me is the love that raised me, not the love that saved me, right? And we, that becomes the test. You realize this now. You're seeing this. Parents, you're seeing this, right? I receive that love and then I have to do the daily work to become that love. And the clearest indicator that I have become that love is in the relationships of people that I love the most. What kind of love does my wife experience from me? What kind of love does my son experience from me? And I'll give you the easiest marriage tip on the face of the planet. What did John say over and over and over? If we love our brothers and sisters who, who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. This is how we know we are loved if we are living in him. 1 John 4, 17, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Easiest marriage tip on the face of the planet. If we love and live in God, our love grows perfect. What does that tell me? The more I love him, the more I'll love my spouse. It's that easy. The more I, look, you should champion and cheerlead your spouse connecting with Jesus. If that means you hold the kids, fix the coffee, and silence the room so they can get 30 minutes of a devotional time in, do it. They're going to love you better. They're going to learn to love you better. They're going to become a better version of love than they are without it, right? The more I love him, the more I love my spouse. And guess what? The more I love my, myself, the more my spouse annoys me. The more I love me, the more they annoy me. The more they drive me crazy. The more they frustrate me, right? But then when I get before him and I see what a biblical, sacrificial, redemptive love looks like, even when they frustrate me, I recognize that's my opportunity to love them. To love them sacrificially. To love her, I'll make it personal because I know you're listening out there somewhere. 
to love her more sacrificially, to love her more biblically. Listen, my flesh doesn't want to do that. My flesh doesn't. My flesh wants to be Tim, right? But that's the love that I received. The love that's transformed me says, can you be sacrificial here? Can you be gracious here? Can you be redemptive here? Can you be Jesus here? We receive love. We become love. And then this is where the rubber meets the road. We express love. We give love. 1 John 2, 9 through 10. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. 1 John 3.10, so now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers, it's that simple. Live righteously and love one another. It does not belong to God. 1 John 3.18, dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our, come on and shout it. Let us show the truth by our, here's what that means. Love is not a feeling, love is an action. Which means this, Jesus doesn't care how you feel right now. He cares how you're loving right now. There's a huge difference, because if I let my feelings inform my love, I'm living from a love that I have received from somewhere other than Jesus. But if I let my love inform my feelings, I live redemptively. I live sacrificially. I love biblically. Let me say, let me say it a different way. We, we have been saved by an unconditional love, yet the love that we give is filled with conditions. There is not a soul in here that says, I am a, fo- I'm a blood-bought, redeemed, transformed follower of Jesus that has been saved by anything other than an unconditional love that loved the sinful, terrible you before you knew what love is, right? We are saved by an unconditional love. That's the love that we become, and that's the love we're supposed to express. Not a love of, have you done anything for me lately? Do you make me happy? Have you frustrated me? Have you hurt my feelings? Have you pushed me away? No, no, no. The love that saved us, which is an unconditional love, becomes the love that we express to everybody else around us. Why? Because he first loved us. We are only a mirror of the love that has transformed us. We are not a factory creating love. We are a mirror reflecting the love that has transformed us. Continuing on. 1 John 4, 11. Dear friends... Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. What did we just say? Because he has given you such an unconditional love, my goodness, we should be able to show that to one another. We should be able to show that to each other. 1 John 4, 20-21. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? 
and he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. 1 John 5, 1, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ has become a child, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. My, uh, my dad was a unique character, to say the least, right? Uh, told you this a number of times, beard to the middle of his chest, ponytail to the middle of his back, wore overalls every day of his life, right? Like he was that dude. And uh, he, um, my, uh, my grandpa was a fairly wealthy guy, and he took my dad and my uncle to this Guns Unlimited, and it, was a, it was a Ducks Unlimited gun show and banquet and, and all of this stuff, right? And so uh, my dad shows up there with my uncle and, and his dad, and there was this auction. And this is my dad telling me this story. He thought it was such a funny story. There was this auction there, and at this auction, uh, they had this Ducks Unlimited shotgun set, right? It was a 12-gauge and a 20-gauge, and it was in this wooden case, and it had glass across the front. It was like this collector's edition shotguns, really neat. There was three of them, and my grandpa surprised my dad and my uncle, and he bought all three. He bought one for himself, and he bought one for each of his sons that was there, right? So they're, they're all flipped out. They're like, wow, these collector shotguns, they're old, and they've got these inscriptions on them, and there's this plaque that comes with them that tells you the story of the collector's edition and 17 made in the whole world, blah, blah, blah. And so they're all excited about it, right? They get back to my grandpa's and they're mounting this case on the wall, and my dad, or my grandpa, and my uncle are sitting there mounting it. And then he said, all of a the sudden, they hear in the backyard, bang, bang, bang. And my grandpa and my uncle come running out to the backyard, and there my dad is. He's got that case ripped apart. He's got both shotguns out, and he's just hammering, right? He's just firing. And my uncle and my grandpa come running up, and they're like, Tim, what are you doing? Like, these are collector's items, right? You don't shoot these guns. And this is what my dad was so proud of. He said, I looked at your uncle, and I said, I've never owned a gun. I've not shot, and I'm not starting today. He was so proud of that. He's like, I don't buy guns to hang them on the wall and look at them. I buy guns to shoot them, right? I don't care if it's a collector's item. But you know what's, what's sobering about our love is a lot of us, have been redeemed and saved by a love that we put on the shelf and we never shoot. We have been transformed by this unconditional love, but for some reason the cycle is broken and we haven't become that love. And because we haven't become that love, we live in the tension of a love that is gracious to us, a love that is merciful to us, a love that has redeemed us, a love that is sacrificial to us, but I'm acting like the people that raised me to people I love the most. This is the cycle. You have the love. You have received the love. Now you become the love. You become the love. What did John say? As clear as day. By living in God. You live in God. You become the perfect expression of his love. And guess what will happen? You will begin loving other people in spite of who you've always been. 
you'll begin loving your spouse in spite of the person that you were years before. You'll love your children in spite of the way that you were raised. You will love people in spite of the way that you've been treated. Why? Because you have received a sacrificial, redemptive, biblical love that has transformed you into becoming a person shaped by that love that now you express to the rest of the world. That's what the arrival of love means to us. Jesus came, died on a cross, saved us from our sins, rose to give us new life, and gave us the greatest sacrificial love we could ever experience that I receive, I become, and I express.